it's based on a series of trades. It can't be based on individual trades. You drive yourself crazy, Eric. I used to. <laughs> the old saying, study long, study wrong. These guys were so smart that they were too smart. Why do you think the market is open from 9.30 to 4? Because you're supposed to be at work. I don't want you having all day to figure this thing out. Go to work. So you've been trading for three decades. You've been on the floor. You've seen many successful traders, many sucky traders. You're now coaching traders. What is like the number one piece of advice you would give to a new trader? Number one piece of advice would be to... So I'm here today with Tony Wilson. He's been trading for 32 years, right? And yeah. you're also the author of the book, Take the Trade. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that book and what you do and everything. But I kind of want to talk about your journey because that's the main focus of the podcast. Um, and then eventually we can get into your book and what you do. So sure. 32 years ago, floor trading was still popular, right? Or it was still well, a thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they uh, worked out of exchanges. And uh, I know you've seen the New York Stock Exchange. Um, but the uh, exchange I worked on was the Pacific Stock Exchange, which was located on 3rd Street and Bowdry in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, we traded equity stocks out of that location. There was also a Pacific Stock Exchange in San Francisco that traded options primarily out of that location. So how did you, why did you choose trading over like every other endeavor? Because I mean, trading's pretty, I don't know what it was like back then, but now it's, it's pretty well known that like most traders fail. So why did you choose trading or get into it? Well, <clears throat> the reason that I got into trading was um, I was working for my father's insurance agency back uh, in the uh, late 80s. And I was offered an opportunity to sell mutual funds, but in order to sell mutual funds, you had to have a Series 6 license. But they told me how lucrative the business would be for me because mutual funds were really starting to take off back then. So I did a little research, decided I was going to go, go for it, and once I uh, really got um, into the uh, information and started digging through it, I found out that if you got a Series 7, not only could you trade mutual funds, but you could also trade stocks and bonds, all those good things. So I thought, well, if yeah. you're going to spend the time to get the 6, you might as well get the 7. You know, little did I know that the seven was probably the most difficult test to pass oh. at that time. And, uh, but anyway, um, I got sponsored uh, by a small boutique firm and they, uh, you know, trained me to pass the tests. And uh, thank God on my very first try, I passed the test. I felt like- nice. Michael Jordan coming out of there when he made that game-winning shot against Elo, and he was pumping his fist, and he was pumping his fist, because I did not want to take that test again. That was a very yeah. difficult test. 
it was more difficult than any test I had taken in college. So I, um, I got an opportunity, um, like the second day working for that, that firm, uh, they had a field trip down to the Pacific Stock Exchange. Great. So we went down and it was, it was great. I mean, it was, you know, they had the, you know, the floor and, you know, all the paper, all the paper tickets were all over, scattered all over the floor, just like you see in all the old films, yeah. all the noise and people were running back and forth. And I was like, wow, this is really cool, you know? So there happened to be a young lady there at the time who was giving us the tour. And she was a very attractive young lady. And this was before I was married. Okay. So, <laughs> so you can say um, that. I thought, hey, <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to put that out there first. So I I was thinking that maybe we should, you know, maybe go have lunch sometime. And she said, well, listen, if you're going to talk to me, why don't you fill out this application so it looks like, you know, we're not, you know, uh. spending personal time with each other. So anyway, I filled it out, just really quick filled it out, and we talked a little bit. And, uh, you know, we finished up the tour and everything. And. The next day, my phone rang, and it was a guy named Larry, who was the more, the manager there on the floor. And he said, "Hey, you filled out an application uh, to become a runner on the floor." I said, "Yeah." He says, "Hey, uh, can you come down tomorrow morning?" And I was like, "Sure," and uh, came down. He told me about the job, what it did, and it was pretty much a mindless job. It wasn't very mm-hmm. important, but you know that was a way to get you know involved with the different posts. And, you know, meet some of the traders down on the floor. So I said, hey, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And uh, the next day, he's, well, and the next day I started, he told me, we start at at 6 o'clock in the morning. Excuse me, we start at 5.30 in the morning. And if you come at yeah. 5.31, don't mind, don't, don't matter, you know, showing up because we're going to fire you. So anyway, that next day I, Got there early. As soon as the guard opened up the lobby, I slept on the couch out in the, out in the lobby because I didn't want to uh-huh. be late my first day, you know. So hired me, got me on the floor. And basically what it was, Eric, was they had these different quads, right, these posts. There were like four quads, and mm-hmm. they had posts inside the quads. And at these different posts, these, these specialists or the head traders traded their allotted stocks, right? And uh, back in the day, we they used these things called pencils. I know you're not <laughs> familiar with them, but they're... <laughs> I've heard of them, yeah. Remember these things called pencils? Yeah. And they had actual little tickets, and you would write down who the trade was with and for how many shares, and they would yell, runner, and you'd come by and grab the ticket from them, take it over to the teletype girl, she would type it in, and you'd see it go across the big board, right? That was it. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It was nothing special at all. But you got the opportunity to be on the floor, and mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, the uh, traders would would pick a lot of the runners up to bring them onto their post as they had openings, um, and you know that was your that was your chance to get in. So. You know, Eric, after I talked to a few of the guys down there on the floor, I realized real quick that a couple of things. One, 
you didn't need to be real bright, but it was very helpful to be the nephew or the son-in-law. That was that was probably the biggest thing, right? Because <laughs> a lot of those guys, down, I realized that I was like, this guy's not smarter than me. He's not smarter mm-hmm. than me. How's he? How's he down here doing this? Why? How's, how's he, he participating this? in this activity? Yeah, yeah. Why is he here? I mean, he's not smart, you know. So anyway, I figured I'll stick around. Let's see if I can get picked up. So after about uh, six months as a runner, I finally got picked up as a clerk, and I started clerking, keep, keeping basically keeping positions. They didn't have all this technology yeah. that we have today where we could yeah. trade on our cell phones and all that. Yeah, Literally, that was yeah. not available. Okay, so so we literally kept kept uh, positions on a notepad. We would write, you know, we'd pull out the notepad and, you know, we'd write down, we're long 500, we're short 300, we're long 200, and that's, that's how you kept track of your positions, right? So um, anyway, that, that went on for a little while. I got a chance to you know, uh, work at a couple of different posts, which was great, you know, uh, as clerk. And then eventually I made it up to an assistant and got a chance to trade a few stocks. But what I, what I realized, Eric, as a clerk, one of the first days as a clerk, I, I saw a figure on this old, what used to be called Quotron machines. And it, it was, I don't know, $86,350 or something to that, to that effect. And uh, I asked one of the guys, I said, I said, wow, is that, is that how much money we've made this year? And he started laughing. He said, that's how much money we made today. <laughs> and I said, oh, my oh gosh. I'm in the right business right now. <laughs> and back then that was this probably was like, like. This was 1990. Yeah, this was yeah. 1990. I was like, oh. I'm in the right business. <laughs> so that's that's kind of it. After that, you know, I was off to the races, man. I, I wasn't going to do much else. <laughs> but um, d- did you ever, maybe I'm missing part of this, but did you ever trade by yourself or? So what happened, um, Stayed down there for a few years, and then I got an opportunity to mm-hmm. go to Phoenix, Arizona, 24th and Camelback. There was a, a spot there uh, with Charles Schwab, which I had worked for Charles Schwab on the floor at one of their posts uh-huh. for a little while, I think maybe about six months or so. And they said, hey, they've got some new openings out in Phoenix, and you'll get paid, you know, your California wages in Arizona. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, that might be a good opportunity. So I went down and interviewed. They were going to put me on the bond desk, which I was really excited because back in the day, Eric, the smart guys worked in the bond department. Now, if you were on the bond desk, you were a smart guy. If you were in equities, it was like, you know, what happened, man? How did you, how did you oh, get really? stuck down there? What, you know, <laughs> what are you, a dummy? <laughs> I don't know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone you in bonds. Remember all, the, all the big monies in bonds, I mean, like the huge monies in bonds, people who just live on interest. I mean, they have hundreds mm. of millions of dollars, you know, because they're only looking to get, you know, three, four, five yeah. percent. Because on $100 million, that's a lot of money. 
So that's where the big, big players are at. So anyway, I got stuck in a department called Schwab 500, and it was the 500 most active traders. So they, they figured since I was accustomed to working on the trading floor, that working with Schwab's most active traders should be, you know, a walk in the park. Um, which it was. It was pretty cool. You know, I enjoyed the the different characters that would call in. And these guys, a lot of them for the East Coast, and they had the, you know, the real heavy accent, you know. Uh, and um, Yeah. I, I got it. I got it. You know, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I left from there. Uh, I think I was there, uh, let's see, I was there till 93, 92, I believe I left. I went to work for a little small institutional firm. They sent me to New York and they taught me, I guess they, they put me on one of these uh, testing programs, right? They wanted to find out what my personality was like, so... I guess oh. I they figured, hey, this guy's got this A-type personality. Let's go ahead and send him off to New York. And uh, I got a chance to be trained by some really good trainers there. And uh, when I came back, I was rip, ready to go, you know, and uh, started trading, which was really nice with an unlimited account, which is really cool to have an account where you could just buy as much. Well, pretty much. You can't buy. I mean, just. You couldn't buy like a billion shares, but I mean, you can, yeah. whatever you wanted to get, you had enough equity. I mean, you had enough cash at your disposal. You could just, you could trade. You, you didn't have to worry about the amount of money. So that was great. That was fun. Uh, up until they got mad that uh, I was making more money than the general manager and they wanted to change the comp plan, uh, which I did uh -huh. not care for at all. I did not like that. So anyway. Wound up uh, after a while figuring that, you know, I probably need to leave and go out on my own so I won't have these problems. And uh, went home, <clears throat> bought these old uh, monitors. Well, they weren't old, but I mean, compared to you know, what we have today, these, the big, you know, with the tubes in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I, I hired this, this real smart guy. And he, he figured out a way where I could take my mouse. And I could go from one screen to the other screen. You know, it was just two separate screens, but I can go from one screen to the other screen, which I thought was really cool for back then. And I had a T1 line that came to the house, which I had to pay extra for that. Mm -hmm. And I just took my, my little bit of money that I had, and, uh, well, it was a decent amount. And uh, I just did what I had been trained to do. And it was it was awesome, man, you know. I had a I had a few little hiccups along the way, you know. Wifey wanted to leave and go live with her mother and take the kids a couple of times, but we got past that. <laughs> I was able to salvage that, <laughs> get back on track, and uh, you know, do pretty good. I, you know, it's funny, you know, people talk about trading and how difficult it is. And yeah, for some reason, to me, it doesn't seem difficult. For me, mm. it really, it kind of comes, I don't know, I, I, you know, some people are real good at math, some people are real good at science, or just, for whatever reason, I see these charts and they make perfect sense to me, based upon the way I was trained. And uh, I've tried to uh, show my wife and the kids and my brother, and, and they, 
I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It looks like you're playing a video game. This is nonsense. But to me, it makes perfect sense. And because of that, you know, I mean, you know, been able to pay off a couple of mortgages, lots of cars, send my daughter to USC. You know, she doesn't have any yeah. student loans. It's been, That's awesome. it's been really cool. We traveled a lot. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's been a really cool lifestyle. And how long, uh, so how long from when you started to when you started trading by yourself? How long is that period? That's been, uh, say, 2003. Yeah. So about 20 years by myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. like uh, 12 years, 12 years before you started trading by yourself. Well, yeah, right. I was trading for yeah, I was trading for the different firms. Yeah, yeah, it was really okay. Um, that was yeah. a good time. That was a good time because I, I, you know, I got a chance to really learn, and I think that's the problem with a lot of individuals that are attempting to trade now. They really don't understand that you really need time uh, for some seasoning to occur. You know, you really need to get some experience before you really become successful at this thing. I mean, you don't just, you know, pick up a basketball and, you know, two days later you're playing in the NBA, but for some reason people come into this, into this space and they think, well, Hey, I, I read the book. I took the course. I'll come over and I'll I watched the video. Bucks a yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I see it all the time online. And but I mean, you had to, so you had twelve years of training essentially before uh, you started trading on your own. But how long do you think it took you before you knew, like, how to trade successfully? If you remember, uh, probably last week. <laughs> I know it was a while yeah, ago. Last week. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> Just now. Um... <laughs> Hey, even that would be impressive. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I was, I felt very confident when I when I when I left the uh, the institution. I left. I felt very confident that I could do this on my own. Um, when I was at Schwab, one of the main reasons why I left Schwab was because of. Um, I, I I wanted to trade, right? And I was, and I, but they had this thing called compliance. And every time you wanted to send a trade in, they had to go through compliance. And that was, by the time I uh, got the approval, it was like, forget it. Uh, yeah. Never mind. So you couldn't do like day trading so, or, or quick no, trades? No, you could swing. You could, you could do, you could do some swing trades. You know, if that was something, but I have learned from being on the floor and then working with the guys in 500, you know, we were in and out, we were in and out, we were in and out managing trades and going through these different methods and concepts, using what I learned. I helped a lot of guys when I was in Schwab 500 and got so much to where you, it was an open phone line where whoever was available would pick up. Well, people, it got to the point where people would call in. And if I didn't pick up, they'd say, hey, it's Tony there, <laughs> which kind of, 
you know, cause a little bit of problem with my co Hey, Tony, it's for you. Hey, Tony, it's for you. It's just a stack of uh, phones on your desk. <laughs> Not quite, but it, it seemed like that because these guys, they wanted to talk to me, you know. But again, at Schwab, we weren't supposed to give any advice, and I didn't give any advice. I just helped mm -hmm. them understand what the process was and what was going to happen. You know, one guy wanted to, you know, he had 25,000 shares he had to get rid of. I said, well, you do not put in an order to sell 25,000 shares. I said, we got to piece this thing off. And I, you know, I would work the guys through the system and say, this is how you're going to prevent slippage from occurring, you know. So yeah. I would teach them a lot of things, you know. So therefore, it was like, well, I want Tony. I want Tony. I want Tony. So that, that became a little bit of an issue. So anyway. What's the biggest thing that you learned uh, to, in that beginning pe period to get you to that point where you were so confident, everyone wanted to learn from you, you were helping so many people? Well, to me, you know, Eric, I, I, like I was saying before, I, I don't think it's complicated. And I wanted to try and make things very simple to understand. I wanted to put it in layman's terms so they could understand things you know, very easily. You know, I think Wall Street forever has been this mysterious place with these big words and all these complicated terms to keep you from thinking that you couldn't do it. Just leave it up to us pros and just give us the money and we'll handle this thing, you know. And yeah. I, I, you know, I was telling someone the other day, uh, I said, why do you think the market is open from 9.30 to 4. And he said, I don't know why. He says, because you're supposed to be at work during those hours. I don't want you. <laughs> That's funny. I never thought about that. <laughs> I don't want you having all day to figure this thing out. Go to work. I'll figure it out. I'm the professional. Just give me your money and I'll keep my commissions and stay rich and keep you, you know, depositing money into your account. That That's yeah. the job of a stockbroker, right? Just that was the job of a stockbroker. Um, they're all dinosaurs now. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to make things simple. And I just took terms that I thought, you know, anybody should be able to understand this, you know. I mean, you know, if you really wanted to, you know, I'll try to make it as simple as I possibly can for you. So I just took what I learned in New York and just kind of laid it out for, you know, a lot of um, individuals who were interested in learning and I would just help them out, you know, and I would show them things, you know, technology, the internet had come around back in the 2000s, by the way, we had the internet, all this good stuff. So, um, you know, I would talk to the guys on the phone and I would say, okay, yeah. you see the 200 period moving average, put that in. Okay. Now, See how it's bumping up against it. See how it's bumping up against it. Okay, so it's finding a lot of resistance there. Okay, now if it breaks through, and if it breaks through with a decent sized candle, believe me, that's not you know your your buddy's trade going through. That's institutional money going through. That's creating that candle. Okay, so that means they have an interest in making that thing move. You know, so I would just I would explain it to them in those terms, and they go, oh, okay, that makes sense, Tony. Yeah, I mean, think about it, you know. 
you know, if they gapped it down first thing in the morning, that means that, you know, people go, as soon as it starts to move up, people are going to start selling to get their money out of that. As soon as it gets back up to that 200, they're going to sell. They want their money out. So again, it's going to cause a big sell-off. Makes sense. And so just, you know, just, you know, my, <laughs> my grandparents, they were, they were from the South. They were very simple people, you know, sixth grade, eighth grade educations. But those are some uh, of the smartest people that ever walked the planet because they were just very observant of what was going on, right? You know, they observed what was going on in the world, what they couldn't make out intellectually, you know, on a higher level. You know, they 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 just use plain old common sense. So I try to play, apply the same the same methods and, and concepts in trading. And and it's worked. It, it's it's done. It's worked. I'm I'm really happy with uh, the results that my students have had. They've they're doing great. I had uh, one of my students today called up and said, "Hey, I I, I caught that reversal of today, man. Just like you taught it, man. It was awesome. You know, and you know, I, you know, I was I was up thirty percent. Great, fantastic. That's what I want to hear. You know, yeah. That's what I want to hear. Yeah." So when you say uh, it was never really difficult for you, did you never really go through a period where uh, you felt like you didn't understand it or like you wanted to give up or like nothing just made sense to you? Or was it just you kind of just you got it quickly, I guess? It it made sense to me where where I struggled was when I transitioned from working for a firm where I could just buy whatever it is I wanted to buy and the amounts mm -hmm. I wanted to buy them in. As an yeah. individual, I couldn't do that. So those habits had to die or else I was going to die or my account was going to die. And, and I struggled there. That, you know, Coming in on an opening trade, buying, you know, 5,000 shares, you know, you know, when you're, when you, when you're using your money, which, you know, <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different. <laughs> so instead of 5,000 shares, I'm, you know, now I can only buy, you know, 300 shares, you know, and, um, and even then I had to dial back how aggressive I could be because when you're working for a firm, Eric, if you take a loss, the firm takes the loss. When you're working for yourself and you take a loss, you take a loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. <laughs> so it took me a little while to make that adjustment. And, you know, my wife was not excited about that adjustment period at all. That's what... You know, she was kind of talking about maybe taking the kids and going hanging out with her mom for a little while until I could figure things out. So, but I was oh. able to talk her down off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Cause that, that's almost impressive that you were able to uh, keep that relationship good and still like be successful from trading because I'm sure both of those things were hard to do. Especially simultaneously. It was, 
Yeah. It was quite a uh, juggling act to, uh, but you know what, I'll tell you, it, it made me grow up, it made me become a lot more mature. I was, even as a kid, they always thought I was the oldest kid in the group and I was always the youngest kid in the group because <laughs> I always act as if I was some old man. You know, now I got my old man beard, but um, it made me become more mature you know, with my family, I have a son and daughter, and my wife, to, you know, at that time, I think we had been married maybe, I don't know, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe longer. But, you know, I had known her from high school, so we knew each other, and she trusted me. And I, you know, I just said, if, if you trust me, I'll do my best, I, and I will give you 100% of my effort, which. You know, I played sports, you know, all my life. You know, my, my dad played professional sports. My uncle played professional sports. I've been in that arena before, so I knew how to be competitive. Yeah. And I knew what it took to win. So I knew I had to just buckle down and, um, you know, use some discipline, go back to the structure that I was taught, the concepts, the principles that I was taught, and be true to them, be true to myself, you know, when when I put a stop in my book, that means that's where the stop is. No, no giving in, no saying, oh, I'll give it another, you know, yeah. I'll give it another five minutes. No, no, none of that. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I dialed back a lot of the aggressiveness and I just worked on just building the account slowly. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which, which can be kind of tough again because you're coming from a, a situation where you had you know, you know, unlimited resources pretty much. You know, it's where now I really got to scale back, and I've got to be smart about this, and um, you know, and and it, it 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 took some adjusting, and but I got there because I had to. I mean, if I wanted to keep my family together, I had to make the adjustments. So it. Um, no, it worked out. It worked. Dang. Out. So, trading was your only source of income then. Sounds like. Well, I I've done some other things. You know, like I said in the beginning, I was in the insurance business. I'd done mortgages. Uh, I um, what else have I done? Oh, I well, later on, I got involved. I have a partner, and we were we were importing, exporting some sporting goods. Again, I was in sports. So out of China, we would fly over to China and do some importing of sporting good products we'd bring over here. I mean, I've done a few different things, you know, you know because yeah. the thing about trading is that it can become a little bit boring and a little bit monotonous and, and lonely. It's a lonely business. It's a very lonely yeah. business. And, um, but now you guys have a lot of people to talk to. You've got all these uh, – uh, <laughs> programs these chats going on all these things i mean the only thing we had was cnbc and i would mute it because i didn't want it skewing my my thoughts so i would just mute it so i mean i turned my music on in my office and i would just play music you know it's a lonely business yeah it uh-huh which is funny because like i think I think uh, you commented on my post from the Wall Street Bets group, if I'm remembering correctly, 
which like that group has like is how that many how people? Two hundred thousand or out. something like that members, which like that's a lot of that's a lot of people that are like trading or in, into stocks. Um, yeah, I wanna I wanna ask though about the the floor trading. Cause you must have seen some like really great traders and you must have seen some that weren't that good. Yes. Um, what is the main difference between the two that you've seen? Probably the difference was that the guys who were like highly educated, you know, big time college pedigree guys were not as sharp and not as smart as the old school guys who just kind of grew up in the streets and just were just tough guys who just had to figure it out. There was one guy down there, I'll never forget his name, his name was Bruce Pally, and just no Jewish guy. He wore these same brown shoes every day. He drove a station wagon. I know you don't know what a station wagon is, but he drove a station wagon to work. I know what it is, yeah. But he, you know what a station wagon is? Okay. But he, he would, you know, he would have a Christmas party every year in a place called the Malibu Colony where Lee Majors lived back there. I mean, the, he would have like Salvador Dali paintings on the wall, but the guy wore the same thing to work every day, but he was just a hard nosed guy. You know, he yeah. put some tape on his glass. He wouldn't spend any money to buy a new pair of glasses, you That's know, funny. but he was just, oh, you know, we had another character down there, Cy. Cy had sleep and that sleep apnea thing where he would, he would fall asleep like on the floor He'd be up at his post, and his head would just be cocked back, and he'd be. And then they would ring his phone, and he would pick the phone up. They would mess with him. They would ring his phone. He'd pick the phone up. Hello, 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 and everybody would laugh. But those guys were smart. I mean, they were really smart. One, 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 one weekend, I got a chance uh, to go on a, a trip over to uh, uh, uh What's the name of that little island over there? Uh, Santa. There's a little island. Uh, Santa, Santa, no. I forget that. It'll come to me in a minute. But I got a chance to spend some time with Cy. And really, you know, he was a New York guy. You know, I remember the first time he called me on the phone to place an order. And he was like, buy a thousand burgers at the figure. <laughs> Hung the phone up. It's like, oh, I, 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 I asked. What the hell does that mean? Like, I asked, hey, what does that mean? Buy a thousand burgers at the figure. <laughs> well, it meant to buy a thousand shares of McDonald's. The figure would be the actual round number, right? Mm. So back then we were, right, right, we were, we were on, we were on the, uh, you know, the Brit British, the, uh, you know, uh, 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 we run on the, the, the decimal system that we're on today. So you would buy at an eight. All right. You know, at a yeah. quarter, three eighths, at a half, you know, 
at uh, 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 that's crazy. Uh, five eight five five eights, six eights, seven eights, and at the figure. Those so, are the hand yeah. signals. They would, yeah, those are all the hand signals. Yeah. <laughs> so buy a thousand burgers at the figure. So that's that's but he funny. Was an old if, school guy. <laughs> so the people that it's almost as if having a proper education was almost like a impediment handicap. to yeah a handicap. Yeah, that's what you've yeah. noticed. Yeah, they. I mean, not that they weren't smart. They weren't intelligent people. They're very intelligent people, but sometimes, you know. The old saying, study long, study wrong. These guys were so smart that they were too smart. Too smart for their own for their own good. And and the old guys who just grew up in the streets, just grew up there in the pits and what have you, and back east. They came out here and they were working the floor and they were really good. They were really good. They just I'm sure like the guy who I worked for, I mean, just a little short <laughs> dude, man, he was something else. But I mean, you know, they were just hardworking guys. You know, they were hardworking guys. They they knew they weren't going to be there forever. They worked. They worked really hard. They made they made a a heck of a lot of money, and mm-hmm. um, and then they left. You know, and you could see them one one after another. They were starting to leave, starting to leave, starting to leave. Before I left, and and went to Arizona, I, one of my buddies I had called back one day. And he said, Tony, if you came down here, you wouldn't even recognize it anymore. He said, all the old guys, they've all left, either died or they've just retired and moved on. Because they made their money and they and they moved on because the stress of the job was just, they were just keeling over, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just falling over, dying, yeah. you know. So when you made your money, they wanted to just get out of there and go enjoy their life, you know. So anyway, um, that was kind of the nature of, of being down there and being around it was a great experience i wouldn't have traded for anything in the world i still have a buddy today that i met him there and i i still see him you know i don't know a couple of times a month we we still get together and go play golf and you know talk about old times um what was that saying you brought up trade or train long trade wrong is that what you said Study long, study long, study wrong. What is that? I've never heard that. Guys would overthink it. That's essentially what it means. You know, they'd over, yeah, you know, they'd overthink things. You know, they they, you know, the the other the old school guys they would they would see it and they just pull the trigger. You know, they they just see, pull yeah. the trigger. They take the trade. You know, so it's yeah. more so the guys trying to slip the out. So it's more like uh, the intuitive trading versus someone trying to overanalyze, put like 20 different things. Well, I guess back then you couldn't, you didn't have charts, but okay. Well, we had a book that we got from Investors Business Daily. Uh It came, uh, it came weekly. Of course, it had been printed, you know, a week ago. It was was a little (laughs) printed book, IBD, you know, and it was a lot, yeah, lying. Yeah, and it was a line chart. It wasn't even candlesticks. I mean, you had to look at this thing and yeah. kind of scratch your head and go, okay, all right. 
I so wish, crazy. I wish I had kept one of those. I have to look through, you know, my garage one day. Go out. Oh, man. We would just throw them, you know, we'd throw them in the trash. We'd look at them for a while. We'd throw them away. And if I only had known, just, just hang on to some of those. Those tickets, yeah. all of that stuff. I should have hung on to some of that stuff, you know? would have been really cool. But uh, sometimes, because sometimes I feel like that, because I've been training for six years, and uh, I'm still not, like, consistently profitable. I've seen some success, but, like, sometimes okay. I do feel like uh, I'm <laughs> – I forgot the study. Sometimes I feel like I'm studying long, studying wrong, like, because I do put a lot of time <laughs> in. Um, okay. So, like – Recently, I mean, I've been I'm re, I'm listening to an audiobook right now. Uh, I don't know the title of it, but it's essentially it teaches you how to learn because like there's a correct way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. So okay. I'm just trying to be more open minded to me potentially doing things wrong because uh, like I could if if I keep doing the same thing and it's not working and like I don't change anything. I might eventually get there like super slowly, but uh, yeah, that's just, I, I feel like that well, same you know, kind of resonated with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, sometimes you start seeing things that aren't even there, you know? I mean, it's. Yeah. <clears throat> this, this whole concept of, of understanding the, the charts, you know, once I went to, the be- I'll tell you, once I went to New York, I really got trained really well because I was in a room with guys who were there, were guys that had gone to Princeton and, you know, Wharton School of Business. Here I am, a guy out of Cal State, you know, and I'm a state college guy, you know, and I'm in here yeah. with all these top colleges, you know, and the only one who looks like me, too, at the time, uh, and, um, you know, I wasn't intimidated yeah. at all. I mean, I played was I mean, I played, you know, highest level of college, you know, Division One. I. I was like, I I'm not intimidated at all. I mean, but um, you know, it was explained to me in such a way that it just made sense. So then I just tried to explain it to my uh, students the same way. You know, this is this is what you want to look for. Here's the setups. You want to wait. You want to be patient until. You know, the setup occurs, and when the setup occurs, just take trade. Don't think about it. Just do it. Put your stop in, and you put the stop in. I don't really put them in in the system. I write them down in my journal. I journal everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I teach them to do the same thing. I said, because you're going to go back, and you're going to start seeing patterns that are occurring over and over and over again. I try I trade the same 10 stocks every day. Okay. I don't I don't have a uh, scanner that gives me the hot stocks. <laughs> yeah. of, you know, what's making new highs and making new lows and I don't do any of that. I mean, I wasn't taught that way. You know, I was taught that, you know, when I when we worked on the trading floor, you know, if you tr- if you traded, you know, Merck, then that was your stock. And you were at, you were at post four, and you traded Merck Pharmaceutical. You know, the guy at post five 
you can't trade Merck. That's your stock. That's the stock you trade. Mm. You know, now he can trade his stocks that he's allocated to trade, but you have your stocks and you trade your stocks and that's where you make your money. And it just made perfect sense to me. All right. So I just trade my same stocks. I, I, I tell my students, I like to see them trade at least five, but at least three, no more than five. And then we can work up to 10, but let's trade somewhere between three and five, learn the characteristics of those stocks. And I mean, like Micron Technology, <clears throat> Symbol MU, I've been trading that stock since 1999. That's crazy. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could trade, I, I, I had a trade I had a trade in Micron today. It was it was a nice trade. It was a really nice trade. It was it was simple. It was simple, you know. And I was done. Um, gosh, it must have been uh, uh, what? Thirty five minutes. Thirty six minutes. I was done. That's the fr freedom of trading. Love it. That's like the ultimate goal. We were in last year, we were in Turks and Caicos on vacation and my wife was in the room and I went down to go have breakfast. I took my laptop with me. So I'm sitting down, I'm looking out at this gorgeous turquoise beach, just beautiful water. And I'm sitting yeah. at the table, just looking out at it. And my wife walks up. She says, hey, I thought you said you weren't going to do that while you were here. I said, honey, I just paid for half of our trip. Let's see you're eating breakfast. Dang, she was yeah, like, oh, yeah. Well, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> She's like, wait, can you do that one more time? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so it's a great how long, business. How long have you been coaching people, traders? Not long, just a few years, just a few years. Um, just kind of fell into it. Um, it's kind of by mis well, just kind of haphazardly, just kind of just it just kind of happened, you know. Just some young kids were on one of these platforms, and I heard them, and they were very interested in trading, and they were making a ton of mistakes, and I just said, well, hey, you know, you might want to do this and look for that and try this, and then all of a sudden, you know. Everybody got real quiet, and then I started noticing every time I'd say, well, you know, you might want to look for this when you see that happen, and that'll tell you what type of setup you've got. And after that, <laughs> they were like, hey, can you, can, you, can you come on and talk to us about some things? And then it just kind of keep off there and just down and took off. But my brother had been egging me on to do this for years, he's the one who yeah. challenged me to write the book and everything. I, you oh. know, because he knows I'm a sucker. I used to be a football coach too. I used to coach youth football, and uh -huh. I coached them all the way up into high school. That's that my kids, and uh, I call them all my kids. But they're, you know, just my son was playing. But I, you know, I had the same group. Matter of fact, I think I got my poster. There's the poster of my guys right there, undefeated there, Eric. 2008. Undefeated. Undefeated. Good we job. went from 0-10. When I got them, they were 0-10. <laughs> we went from 0-10 to 10-0. and 0. 
first championship win in 23 years for our city. What? Our city had won a championship in 23 years. What grade? <laughs> they were, uh, when I got them, they were eight years old. And when I finished with them, they were uh, 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a long time. I wanted football. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I also, yeah, yeah. I played the, football also. And nice. my record, my record was also, I never actually got, I never played that much. I was always on the sidelines, which kind of sucks. But our record freshman year was like zero and 12. I, I, we didn't Ooh. win our first game until sophomore year, the very last game. So we were, we lost every single game oh. until the very last game of sophomore year. That was, <laughs> it was not good. Wow. That's uh, a long drought. That's a long drought. <laughs> honestly, that kind of feels like my but trading. Oh, uh, but I, I told just... the kids kind of like the kids in the room. I said, you know what? I said, we're not going to keep losing. I said, you guys, you're going to have to get over the losing thing because I'm not used to losing. I said, I'm I'm used to yeah. winning, and it might take us a little time, but we'll get there, and it did. It took us about three years before we started playing in championship games and playoffs and championships, but after that, I mean, we were, we were a force to be reckoned with, you know, because just like with training, it takes time. You have, like I was saying earlier, you don't just pick up a basketball and two days later you're in the NBA. It doesn't work like that. It, you know, you really do have to be trained. You need to be properly trained. You know, you know. I took the kids from, you know, the coach before he would give them water breaks, and when they messed up, he'd make them run laps. And I would, I, I used to think to myself, wait a minute, is this a cross country team or is this a football team? Why are they running laps? You know, <laughs> should they be learning how to play football? You know, and and why are they taking these long water breaks? You know, you know, so I when I got them the following year, when you messed up, I made you do push-ups right here by my feet, and then you go right back in. And when mm -hmm. you wanted to drink water, I put water at all the stations. So when you wanted water, you just reached down, grabbed the water bottle, and you kept learning. We yeah, didn't no have breaks. time for you to run laps and, and take breaks. That didn't make any sense to me. Same thing like with trading. I mean, it's, there's just things here that just, they don't make sense. I look at some of these traders' charts, and they've got so many indicators and lines on there, I can't even see the candlesticks. I'm like, where are the yeah. candlesticks at, man? You've got like, you've got like 14 lines, indicators going. Moving out, what's all this stuff? You know? I've I've got I've got I've got three moving averages on there and that's it. Just keep it simple. Is that how you? That's what I did oh. for the kids. I keep it simple. Hmm. Um. What do you think? Because I feel like uh, losing is like a very important part of learning, right? Um. Mm -hmm. There's a trader, Tom Hugard. He has a book called Best Loser Wins where he essentially talks about this, where like in trading, if you want to be successful, you have to be someone who can like lose successfully, basically. Be someone that can take a loss and continue to trade and not let it affect your next like 20 trades, like, you know, commonly happens. Um, 
do you agree with that? Like with, I guess just in trading and outside of trading, like you said, the pop Warner, they were, they didn't win a single game, but also in trading, like you can, you can take a lot of losses too before you start to see any sort of results or any sort of like lessons be like, Oh, this kind of actually makes sense now. That's that, that L is meant to be a lesson. That's a loss, but that L stands for lesson. You, hopefully (laughs) you'll learn a lesson from that. You won't do it again. (laughs) You'll learn from it, you know? Um, yeah, the only thing you can really control, if you think about it as a trader, the only thing you can really control is the amount of money you lose. That's it. You can't control how much money you make. When the stock takes off and it runs and you're on the right side of the trade, you don't go, oh, no, no, slow down, slow down. You don't do that, right? You know, but you, you know, and there's no, and, and you don't have the, you don't have the wherewithal, you don't have the resources you know, to make the stock continue to go. You don't have that. I mean, yeah. I'm, unless you're, I don't know, Warren Buffett. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know, but I've got that kind of money, but I don't, you know. So the only thing I can control is when to get out of the trade. Get out of the trade. Kill the trade. Kill the trade. Kill the trade. Kill the trade. And when I learn how to kill the trade properly, I mean, not just randomly, that I have a structured plan on how I get out of a trade, Every single time, mm-hmm. I don't wing it. There's a process. There's a method by which I get out of all my trades, you know. And you know, I have maximum losses that I'm willing to take. I I set up my my stops. I write them down in my book, and I set them up in the exact same place every single time. And I'm always the hardest thing, I think, for most traders is to really be true to that to that stop. You wrote that stop down, then you gotta abide by it. You can't say, well, I know I said 85 and now it's at 84 and and seven, 84, 75 or 84, 55 or 84, 30, but it's yeah. gonna come back. No, none of that, none of that, none of that. That we will have none of that, none of that, no. Because you can always take another trade. Success is not based upon one trade. I tell my students this all the time. Success is based upon a series of trades. When you can look mm-hmm. back, like if I'm a 65%, if I have a 65% win rate, then I don't worry about taking a loss on this trade. This one trade can't be any more important than the next trade I'm going to take. It can't be, or I'm going to be a loser. There's no way I'm going to be able to survive in this business if I have any other thought process. No one trade is more important than the other than any other trade. They're they're all the same. And I look back at the end of the week and I say, do I have more money in my PL than what at the end of the week than I had at the beginning of the week? If the answer is yes and it was a, it was a successful week. Mm-hmm. It's based on a series of trades. It can't be based on individual trades. You drive yourself crazy, Eric. <laughs> I used it to It can't be. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so how do you determine success in trading? 
I think you determine it uh, based upon your percentages. You know, you, it's got to be measurable, obviously. You know, you got to be able to say, uh, you know, um, I was able to take out, you know, 35% this week. That was pretty good, pretty good week. You know, I was able to take out 20%, you know, 15%, 20%, whatever the number happens to be, you know, and then be able to do that week in and week out. And never get too excited when you see your P&L start to move, okay, in either direction. Not just watching yeah. it go up and get excited, but when it goes down, you got to be able to kill the trade, right? So you're never going to let that get out of control. But say you're having a big day and you're up, you know, you're up five, six, seven, eight grand. You mm-hmm. don't get big-headed and say, hey, well, now <laughs> on my next trade, I'm going in 10,000 shares now. <laughs> No, yeah. no, still coming in with 300 shares, you know, but, you know, 500 shares, you know, same thing over and over again. Then when you get to a certain point, because of the size of your account, now you got to trade in lots of a thousand pretty much because you need to make enough money, you know, but I mean, it's got to make sense, right? You know, so now you're trading thousand share lots, which, you know, you really have to pay attention, right? You really have to be disciplined. Yeah. You really have to have structure in place because things can go south on you in a hurry. Those mm-hmm. red candles come fast, you know. So you you got to have your, you know, your hot button, your hot keys ready to go, and, you know, you kill trades, and you just, yeah, I was wrong. You know, I was talking to a group the other day, and I told them, I said, well, I got stopped out three times today. And they're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You got stopped out three times? Yeah, I was wrong. You were wrong? Yeah. Wrong a lot. But I have a I, I, I have a system again. It's based upon a series of trades. It's not based on one trade. No one trade is more important than the other. They're all they all carry the same amount of value to me. You know? So I was wrong on that. I got stopped out. I'm waiting for my next setup. Boom, I take the trade, write my stop down, my journal. You know, it starts to move up. It starts to, you know, say that, hey, you're right about this particular trade. Okay, I add to my position, you know. I have a certain way of adding to my to my, uh, to my my trades. I have a certain way of taking profits. Everything is structured. Nothing is left, you know, to, to you know, guessing or thinking or, Thoughts, yeah. feelings, and all this good stuff. Yeah. Everything is structured. Oh, I hit my number. All right. 50%. Well, can I got 10% left. Okay. I pull out another 25. Okay. I'm out. I've got 25 left. You know. Yeah. All right. I'll leave that in as a runner. Let's see what happens with that. You know, if I, if I break my moving average, then I'm out. If not, I'll just let it continue to run. You know, and that's how you make money in this business. If you don't approach this business from that thought process, you're not going to have a chance. If you just do random things every day, every every day is just some random thing that you come up with, you you, you got no shot. Yeah. You got no shot. Yeah. I want to ask really quickly, you, you don't have to get like too in-depth, but so you trade using moving averages 
You said three moving averages. Yeah. Yes. And that's how you that's how you've been trading for a long time. Since uh yeah, early uh two thousands, yeah. Okay. Is that how you were like taught? I don't use I don't use the Mac yeah, I don't use the Mac D and VWAP and I, I, and you know, all these things. RSI I, I I, I hear I hear the kids talking about it, but I don't use it. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I was just curious. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. I, I don't know if, how far you go on to like trading communities online, but there's like a lot of people that hate on people that use indicators. Like they say it's not. Well, there's people that hate on every type of trader, right? There's people that if you use. Uh, yeah. patterns they hate on you if you use indicators they hate on you if you use whatever else uh book map or whatever other type of trading um but commonly like indicators is thought as like retail trading which is why everyone decides to hate on it because like oh that's like simple basic stuff like you can't make money with that but like you're making money with it. Moving, I use moving averages. Yeah, I use three moving averages, and that's fine. And and it works for me, and it always has worked for me. I don't really look at a chart without it, and and uh, I try to keep my I try to keep my charts as clean as possible. I don't like a lot of noise on my screen. I need yeah. to be able to think and see, and be able to visualize and recognize what the setups are happening and what they're trying to do. You know, uh -huh. when you're when you're working with institutions, when you're when you when you're at an institution, and you can move a lot of size, you you can look at a candle and you can know what's going on, who's at. That's 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 not my drinking buddies right there. That's you know, that's Goldman Sachs. Okay, that's BlackRock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not my drinking buddies that made that candle appear. Okay, no, <laughs> you know. So, so and that's what I I teach my guys. You know? Uh, I want to talk about your book now. Okay. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, trading books out there. What made you? Yeah, what made you write that book? My brother put me up to it. He he, okay. he challenged me and said I couldn't do it. He said, "Hey, you know you're getting kind of old. You might want to write something down, leave something behind." Yeah. <laughs> so I I didn't I didn't read the book, but I read the he, a description. It sounds well, like a, tech, a technical analysis book. Yeah, mainly. it's 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 basically technical analysis, very simplified version of technical analysis. I will get you okay. a PDF version. I'll, I'll get you over a, a, a. You guys are into the e stuff. I'll get you an ebook, or I'll tell you what. You I do. I have a. Office, I have my see? Kindle right here. Oh, there you. Okay. All right. There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll get. Send me your address. I'll make sure. I'll. I'll get. I'll get the. Uh, I'll get the ebook out to you. So you go over like the three, moving averages and stuff in there. Yeah, I just go over, I go over, you know, I start off with, with the, you know, the type of approach that I want to take when I'm, when I'm thinking about trading, what I'm, you know, I talk about keeping things simple, right? I, I go over, 
Japanese candlesticks, you know, I, I was telling, mm. I was telling some of the, some of my students, I had, I had gone on YouTube, uh, when I was working with them, when I, when I first started with them, cause they kept saying, well, we're learning stuff on YouTube. We're learning stuff on YouTube. Yeah. I said, okay. So I went on YouTube and I said, okay, well, I'll pull up candlesticks and I put cam Japanese candlesticks in and this guy came on and he started talking about Japanese candlesticks and within three minutes, I was completely lost, Eric. I was like, wait a minute, I've been doing this for like <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny. really long time. And this guy within three minutes, I'm totally lost. You know, so uh -huh. I'm wondering why what are they what are the kids thinking that if I'm lost? They must be like completely confused, you know. So I go over candlesticks, I make it real simple. I explain how, you know, what they are, what they mean, you know, when they're when they're being produced, you know, what what they're telling you. Um I go over um the moving averages, of course. Yeah. Uh, I go over stops and why stops are super important like i was telling you earlier it's one of the one thing one of the few things that you can control is how much money you lose so having stops and being true to those stops i mean discipline with those stops is, is it's critical without that you got nothing like you were saying your guy said the best thing you can do is the best loser wins or something to that effect you were best saying loser wins. it's true hands down i give him all praises yes he's 100 percent correct Hundred percent right. Um, and I talk about management. You know, um, how do you manage the trade when you're in a successful trade? The trade is has given you the signal that okay, you, you're in the right you're in the right position now. You 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 you've taken the right trade. Okay, how do I add to my trade? Okay, how do I improve? Mm -hmm. How do I improve my 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 position size? Um, how do I take profits? Uh, how do I scale out? You know, at what levels? You know, what is my predetermined numbers that I have based upon you know the price of the stock? You know, how many shares of the stock I have? You know, when you're long ten thousand shares, you just can't you know sell ten thousand at the market. You just you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it causes a little bit of a problem. You know. Um, you know, so you need to have plans in place of how, how do I scale out? How do I sell into the strength? Okay. I want to make sure I'm not, you know, selling, um, too premature, but I want to make sure that I don't want to overstay my welcome as well, you know? And there's, there's a little bit of a balancing act, you know, a little bit of a dance <laughs> that you're kind of doing, you know, that you kind of get better as you, you know, the more time you spend in the chair and in the trades, you know, mm -hmm. you, you become better with. You know, I'm trading with Mike Brown today, and I'm just like, I'm just stepping him up, stepping him up, stepping him up. And I go, okay, all right, you want to take a little break? Okay, I know this is about the time you like to take a break. Okay, fine. You know, and it takes a little break. And he says, you want to step up a little? Okay, you want to step up a little more? You want to step up a little more? Okay, all right, fantastic. You know, by that time, I'm only, you know, 25, 25% of my, of my position at that point anyway, I've already, I've already booked my profits. So, you know, so all those, all those rules, all those, 
all those concepts, those methods, you, you incorporate that whole process into a trade. You know, it's not just, I got in at, at 50 and I got out at, at, at 51. Yeah. What's that? You know, what's that? How'd you manage the trade? Don't be yeah, that. That's not. Everybody wants to tell me, like, I got out of 50, I got out of 50. Yeah, how'd you manage it? How would you, along the way, how'd you, how'd you add to the position? You know, how'd you scale out of that position? You know, did you have any slippage on that? I mean, what, what'd you do? How long? I mean, did you start out real aggressive and then you, you slowed it down? Or did you start out kind of tentative and then you got aggressive? And tell me about the trade. Tell me about the trade. Very few can tell you about the trade. They all want to tell you about how much money. Oh, I made a lot of money. Okay. So tell me about it. That's well, true. you know, I got in here and I got out there. No, tell me about the trade. Tell me how you managed the trade. Not a lot I can tell you. Very few. They- also on social media, people will post, here's how I made this much here's how I made a thousand dollars in ten minutes, but they won't really tell you. They'll say like what you did. Oh, I entered here and then I sold here. They make it look very simple. It's like okay, yeah. right? Like obviously, if you uh, buy and it goes up, you make money, but that didn't teach me anything. Yeah, you made money in spite of yourself. <laughs> um. I have like one more question for you, but I want to, I want to ask, uh, is there anything you want to talk about before I ask you my last question? Um, well, um, I'd like for everyone to go out and get my book. I think it's a really good read or say it's a, it's a, yeah. um, it's not a long, it's, it's not a long read. It's 128 pages. But it's a good read. I think oh, okay. it will build a foundation, help you build a foundation for your trading. And it'll give you some different ideas about what it takes to be consistent. And I think that's what everyone mm-hmm. needs to really concern themselves with. Not so much being profitable right away, which, I mean, if you are consistent, you will be profitable. Even if you're a consistent loser, if you're consistent at losing just that same dollar amount every time, at some point, you'll start dialing that back, dialing it back to all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, I don't lose anymore. Uh, and now all of a sudden, oh, now I'm making a little bit. Oh, and I'm making a little bit more now, you know. So you're really working toward con- consistency. That's really the name of the game. And I think I even I even say it in the, in the subtitle, uh, uh, Flow Trader's Guide to Making Money Every Day in Any Market, Consistent Profits in 30 Days. Well, yeah, you can do that. You just need to follow, just need to follow the rules. I got the guys in my Facebook group, you know, they're always, you know, they're saying, you know what? All I did was I just followed the rules, Mr. Tony. I just followed the rules. Okay. As long as you know the rules of engagement, when you know the rules of engagement, then, you know, it's it's up to you then, you know. You know what to do. You've been given your marching orders. Now, if you deviate and you leave the reservation, you know, that's that's not on me. You know, yeah. I told you, do not leave the reservation. Stay on the reservation. If you veer, if you veer off the reservation, then you're subject to any kind of thing yeah. happening to you. You know, mostly bad. You know, so that's about it. Just 
Work on your consistency. Work on consistency. And uh, they can get it on Amazon. Where where should they go for that yeah. book? It's available on Amazon. It's called Take the Trade. Here, I'll put it up again one more time. It's called Take the Trade. It's on Amazon. Tony Wilson. And uh, it's a... Uh, like I said, it's it's a good read. It's it's you know my 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 brother read it in three and a half hours. He was done front the front cover to back cover, and uh, there's some uh-huh. pages in there for you to take notes. You know, I left that in there oh, intentionally nice. for you to take notes and write some things down. And of course, I couldn't put you know thirty plus years in 128 pages. That's impossible. <laughs> that'd be nice. I, yeah, that'd be nice, but it'd be you know it would be. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it'll be a, a chapter novel. for every month. Yeah, I mean, it'd be huge. So, um, you know, but I, 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 I do make it um, informative enough that you you can take the information from there and start incorporating it into your trading immediately, and and it will help you with your consistency. Yeah, yeah, and it is on Amazon. They can go on Amazon. Okay, so. Time for my last question. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll. You've been tra- so you've been trading for three decades. Uh, you've been on you've been on the floor. You've seen many successful traders, many sucky traders. You're now coaching traders. What what is like the number one piece of advice you would give to a new trader? Number one piece of advice would be to get properly trained and trade based upon rules. Don't trade based upon anything other than specific rules and don't Mm -hmm. deviate from those rules. And I was just, I was making light of it earlier about not going off the reservation and but that's what it means i have a structure and i have rules in place and as long as i abide by those i i do pretty good it's the minute that i get a a little bit too full of myself and i think that oh we don't need these rules today oh then it comes back and it slaps you on the hand so that's probably the number one thing, you know, and just look for consistency, you know, but it's got to be structured and it's got to be measurable and you can't do random mm-hmm. things and measure it. You can't measure random right. things. Yeah. And, That's a good point. Yeah. Just like the kids on the football field. When I, when I first got them, they had never the, cause I, I inherited some of the old coaches too. And the first day, I gave them all the practice plans. You know, I broke it down every 15-minute increments. And the coaches were looking at me like, what's this? It's just a practice plan. And they were like, well, we don't use a practice plan. But we do now. <laughs> yeah. What's... We leave nothing up to chance. Everything I've crafted, everything. We don't, we don't deviate from this plan. We stick to it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with trading. Same thing. Yeah. That's it. It's simple, but it does require a lot of discipline. You know, no seat of the pants stuff, no winging it. We don't wing it, you know? I think that's a very good 
piece of advice because when I first started, I was, it, it took me like two years to realize I needed a plan. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> this kind of makes sense. Like I can't just randomly buy and sell. Yeah, that was that changed my trading like almost instantly. I know. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tony, uh, I want to I want to also say like I respect you for how long you've been trading. Um, doing anything for that long is I think deserves respect, but doing like trading for that long like trading's hard i know you say it's it's easy for you but like no no it's not easy it's simple, simple. I, didn't say, I didn't say it was easy <laughs> yeah it's simple yeah but it's, it's, it's very <laughs> mm -hmm. it's hard to do so like i respect you for that and uh thank you for coming on well thank you for having me i appreciate it i uh i hope it was uh helpful and I hope it uh, it helps uh, a lot of your uh, your listeners. Awesome. Well, have a good night, and to everyone who is watching or listening, see you next time.